Make your strong marriage even stronger with Focus on the Family Canada's new marriage enrichment conferences and retreats. Based on the proven, biblically-based principles that come directly out of the Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Counseling Program, these principles provide couples with practical tools to create a more vibrant, intimate, and loving marriage. For registration details, call 1-833-2-ENRICH or visit enrichyourmarriage.ca. That's 1-833-2-ENRICH or visit enrichyourmarriage.ca. Today on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly, we'll be talking about some of the good things and the potential bad things that can affect your marriage. Uh, I'm John Fuller, and to get us started, Jim, let's uh, review some inspirational quotes for married couples. For example, uh, a great marriage is not when the perfect couple comes together, it's when an imperfect couple learns to enjoy their differences. I think we could just sit right there and think about that for a minute. But another one is, at the end of the day, you can either focus on what's pulling you apart or what's keeping you together. That's good. That's good. Um, How about this one? A quote uh, that couples might want to put on the wall. (laughs) Against all odds and despite all obstacles, we are going to make it. We're committed. And here's one from our guest today, Dave Willis, who said, your marriage will not be defined by the size of your struggles, but the size of your commitment to overcome the struggles together. And I really like that. I think it's a healthy way to look at uh, marital strife. Indeed. You know, we often say this, but it's worth repeating again and again. A good marriage doesn't happen. You got to work toward that, and that should be a goal. Um, all of us can be a little lazy at times. It's kind of like, you know, I practiced, I did the two-a-days, now we're in the season, I don't need to work out that hard. You know, for all of us sports fanatics, that's the analogy. But it is something you have to think about and practice and work toward. And it's so funny, so often I'll come home and say, Gene, I, I've got two things we should think about in our marriage. She go, who, who did you record with today? Yeah. <laughs> is, you know, she gets me every time. She's actually right. I'm bringing somebody else's great idea home to try it. Yeah. But our goal here at Focus on the Family is to help you have the best possible marriage you can have, especially as Christians. But even non-believers can benefit from God's natural truth and law, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, today we're going to have a great discussion about encouraging you and helping you in your marriage. Yeah, and uh, this is going to help take your relationship to the next level. And in many ways, the conversations for couples in healthy relationships. We have a lot of resources here if you're struggling, and we'd invite you to stop by our website or give us a call. Uh, The conversation with Dave and Ashley Willis is going to be good. They're fun, and they have a lot of great content. Uh, They've devoted themselves to helping men and women grow in their marriages. And uh, they host the Naked Marriage podcast, they write books, they speak, and uh, they write for the Exo Marriage Ministry as well. Well, Dave and Ashley, welcome back. Thank you. We love hanging out with you guys. <laughs> We've been having fun just, we love just talking. I know we have. Yeah, thank and you And it's really us. good to have you guys. You're a bright spot. You know, you come in and light up a room together. Mm-hmm. So that, that actually says something about your relationship, too, I think. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, thank Ashley, you. especially. She lights guys. up a room. And <laughs> no, you do. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's just, it's, it's life. That's what that is. Hey, you both blog regularly, and we're going to pull. I think this content is really pulling from a lot of your blog stuff. So now you're going, oh, what did we say? What did we say? <laughs> and we haven't told you ahead of time what we're going to ask you about. But, uh, for example, you tell couples to share everything they can rather than have separate bank accounts and hobbies and maybe even friends. Uh, what are you getting at there not to do life separately? Yeah, I think it's important. I think the healthiest couples and the, like our mentors, those we look at, those who've been married 50, 60, 70 years and still are best friends, one of the trends we've seen in them is that they they share as much as they can and they, they don't divide up their lives as 
his and hers, you know, his dreams, her dreams, his money, her money, his friends, her friends. Now, of course, you're going to have some stuff that, that you do that's more of a hobby for you or more of a pursuit for you. But as a whole, the more we can share, the more we can, we can overlap and realize that our lives, our goals, by God's design, are meant to be unified in a really special I way. Like that. That's good. Yeah. I was a little worried there because uh, I, I do enjoy golf, and yeah, Jean but... does not like to play golf. So I thought, oh goodness, if she doesn't play, then I got to <laughs> no, give no, this no. up. Could... Like what? Yeah, you can keep you keep your hobbies for sure. I mean, you don't have to. You're not Siamese twins in marriage. I mean, you can still <laughs> yes. do some stuff, but but just as a whole, the more we can say, how can we share more experiences? I think is a good place to start. Ashley, you also talk and blog often and write. Uh, about young couples putting their relationship on hold during the early years of parenting. We, we definitely didn't intend for that to happen, but man, parenting is exhausting. Yes. And it's easy to say, okay, here's some areas I could carve out a little time to sleep and mm-hmm. you know, not be as attentive with my spouse, right. et cetera. Uh, why is that dangerous? Man, I, listen, we really fell into this dynamic too because you're just so busy and you're like you said you're so exhausted but it's so dangerous because I think a lot of couples tell themselves well our kids need our attention right now and they need our best attention right now we each understand that so you just need to know that I love you and like deal with it you know and then we'll reintroduce ourselves to each other kind of when our kids grow up and are out of the house and what we <laughs> that's I mean, a long time I know it's a very right, long yeah. time but this yeah. really is I think on a subconscious level what couples do and what we're finding is they end up with an empty nest and an empty marriage and there's yeah. like an epidemic of couples you know raising their kids getting to that kind of finish line of um, getting kids you know launched so to speak you never really finish parenting you're always a parent but you know they, they all of a sudden have have this house to themselves again and they're like I don't know this person in that context, though, looking back, uh, especially for couples that may not have done that well, they did pour into their kids. They made it a kid-centric yes. home, and that's what you're talking about, right. versus a marriage-centric home, mm-hmm. and the kids are just there, which is, which is really healthy. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, if you're halfway into it, the listeners, the viewers that are, uh, you know, hearing this right now, what are some things you could do to kind of say, okay, we got to change that? Because it's really yeah. hard. A, a mom's yeah, sure. heart is for her kids. Sure. I mean, so it's hard to say, okay, I'm going to change some things. What does that look like? Well, it looks like looking at your schedule because there are some things that happen to us in life that we don't have control over, but we as adults can have control over our schedule. And so I know for us, it looked like not doing every single activity our kids wanted to do in every season of their childhood, putting some things on the shelf and saying like, okay, you know, we have four boys. You can do one activity right now so that mom and dad can have a date night. Like in our house, Mondays are date night. We call it Mondates and they call it mom, dad time. Like they, it's just, it's just how our kids, you know, refer to it. It was always that way but we had to put things kind of in the schedule to make sure that that we had time together and we were being really intentional about that but also preparing our kids for that time because we hear a lot of parents say well I don't you know I would love to go on a date but my son or daughter is going to lose it they're going to be so upset the babysitter's going to call me we're going to waste that time and that money and I'm going to have to come home anyway it's just too hard and I get that but it takes working through a couple of hard times where the kids don't get it and just prepping them saying like, listen, this is because mom and dad love each other and we love you so much that we want to have a really good marriage. We'll be home in a couple hours. Don't worry, we're coming back. And eventually the kids do rise to the occasion, but it takes working through a couple of hard moments. You warn couples about turning into cable company marriages. Now, I've never personally worked for a cable company, so <laughs> I'm not sure how they right. operate, but what's going on with that analogy? Well, so the, the thought came, like we had this guy that was going door to door in our neighborhood and selling like, you know, internet 
internet and cable and, and all this stuff. And, and he was like, man, I got, I got the, the, an amazing deal for you as a new customer, the, the best. I'm like, oh man, you do that for me. You know, like, you know, it, it was the best price, the best service, all this stuff. And he was like, and it lasts for 12 whole months. And I'm like, well, what happens after 12 months? And he's like, well, you know, that's, this is our initial offer for a new cut. But after 12 months, you know, the price will go up. You're not going to get all these same services. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me, you're telling me like, you're giving me the best you got right up front. But then after we've developed a relationship and, you know, you, I'm committed, then you give me as little as you can to keep me around. And he sort of laughed and he said, yeah, but that's how everybody does it. <laughs> oh, and wow. I, I, I got thinking, I said, you know what? I think in, in our marriages, in our culture, there's some of that mentality, the kind of the, the cable company mentality. It's like at the beginning of the relationship, I'm going to give you everything I got. I'm all the goodies. All the goodies, mm-hmm. everything. You know, your number one priority, you are the most important thing in my life. But then after the, the introductory period wears off and the deal has been sealed and I feel like I've got you. Then people start saying, well, what's the least amount of effort I can give to keep this person around? Right. And, and marriages, we, we just see an epidemic of marriages that sort of operate like that with this consumer mentality of, I want to get as much as I can from this relationship, give as little as I can to this relationship. And it's just, it's toxic and it's broken and it's the opposite of what God intended marriages to be. And so what we challenge ourselves to do and challenge couples to do is continue to pursue each other, continue to try to outserve one another, to give each other your best through every season of marriage. And if you'll do those things consistently, then your marriage really can grow sweeter and richer over time instead of drifting apart. And, and the gray divorce that we're seeing with, with these new empty nesters getting divorced at an alarming rate, and it can keep getting better. Even if you've had sort of that cable company mentality up to now, you can start right where you are and say, wow, you know, I've realizing that I've, I've, I've blown it in this area and I want to restart. I want to do it better. I want to start serving you and pursuing you again. I'm smiling because I'm thinking of the buzzword or the keyword. You know, a lot of us couples will, to escape a situation, you'll have a certain, uh, like first base coach signal right, or something right. like that. But in this case, it'd be, have you paid the cable bill, honey? <laughs> yeah. Right? That's your, uh, hey, you're coming yeah. from the wrong direction here. Yeah. yeah so that's good. that'd be a good little uh, signal to your spouse. Have you paid the cable bill? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> I'm not here for the old uh, contract. But yes. Ashley, let me ask you this. Uh, outsource. You talk about this in your blogs. Outsourcing your friendships, et cetera. Uh, why is that uh, kind of a little... Uh, dangerous to do that, and and what do we need to guard against? Because I, like for women, you often hear in marriage counseling that you know what your husband can't meet all your emotional needs, mm-hmm. so you need these strong friendships with women that can help you know fill in that blank. Right. And all the husbands said, "Amen." Yeah. <laughs> but you're saying be careful. Yes. So f- illuminate that for me. We absolutely need friendships. And and this, you know, the person we marry can't fulfill every single one of our needs. They, and they shouldn't, you know. What? And that's a dangerous place. I know. <laughs> I don't fulfill all your needs. I know. This is the first and time I, time I'm just now this. hearing this. Oh, you know. I mean, after 22 years, he he knows, man. And it's like, and I, I think it's, it's wrong to put that on our spouse. We're really setting ourselves up for disappointment. So we need really good godly friendships. But where, where I kind of see this go wrong is we see both men and women can do this, but especially with women, I see, because this is my world, you know, that I live in. I see women form these really strong bonds with their best friends and they plan like they always have something on the calendar with their best friends with their ladies they're always going to have a girls trip they're always going to have a ladies night so they're intentional so they're very intentional about that 
but won't be intentional at all about date night. And maybe their husband isn't being intentional about that either. And then it just becomes like a lot of times when we've counseled with people going through this, it becomes eventually like a husband bash fest. Like, you know, I have my girls, I'm getting through life with my girls. And and then we just kind of talk bad about everything our husband is doing wrong. And so then after you're with those people who you love and, and I'm sure have some good things to say, but like there's this, when you're bashing your husband, you come home and you're going to treat your husband in the way that you were just talking about yeah. him and they were talking about their husbands. And so it can breed negativity. So I just always warn women, like it doesn't mean you can't have a trusted friend to talk through some of your marital issues with, but you need to make sure that friend has four qualities. They first of all need to love God. They need to love you. They need to love your spouse. Okay. Mm. And also before your marriage. And if they don't have all four of those qualities, you can't really trust what they're going to tell you. They can tell you stuff about other things in your life, but if they don't have all four of those qualities, then they're not going to give the best marriage advice. And I would also be very leery of, of taking marriage advice from someone who's bashing their husband all the time because they're probably in a really rough spot. It doesn't mean they're not a great person. I'm not trying to, to hate on people who are going through that because I, I know people go through really rough times, but we don't need to go to them and start you know, getting marriage advice from someone who clearly is just down on marriage right now in their life. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Focus on the Family Canada is celebrating 40 years of ministry in Canada. Since the beginning, we focused on helping Canadians nurture, protect, and invest in their families so they can thrive. We were separated for, for a year and a half. At that point, lawyers were involved. We were done. We were ready to sign papers and just kind of walk away. And then I just saw, oh, multiple times, I saw the ads for the Focus on the Family Marriage Intensive. And I would throw it in the garbage and I would see it, but it was always there in the back of my head. And I was like, well, what if there's something there that they can teach us that will help us? I said, okay, let's, let's try this Over four decades of ministry, we've received more than 70,000 counseling calls, prayed for a million people, and welcomed over 2,000 individuals and couples to our retreat centers. None of this would be possible without your support. Thank you. Join us in celebrating. Visit focusonthefamily.ca forward slash four zero. This edict identifies Jesus of Nazareth as a heretic and a blasphemer. This season on The Chosen. There are those for whom this will set off a series of events. My followers won't understand. Lazarus, come out! I guess you're not holding back anymore. I can't. I'm out of time. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now. Get tickets for a theater near you at thechosenriseup.com. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Dave, I use a term, the snoozer marriage. Uh, it makes me laugh. I mean, I think, <laughs> okay, I could get into that. I mean, sometimes I think husbands, if we're talking about women who connect with friends and very intentional, mm-hmm. and it leans in the wife's direction, I, I would say that's probably true, not to mm-hmm. be stereotypical, but um, there's that relational connection that women have that's mm-hmm. different from men. Sure. Our problem is the snoozer marriage. I like this, where you you kind of hesitate and move away from conflict. You know, you just hit hit the snooze button. We'll deal with that yeah, later. Exactly. And guys are really, I I'm really prone to that. I don't really want to deal with that right now. Snooze. Yes. <laughs> snooze. Like let's let's just pretend it's not there, right? And, right. And let's not deal with it because you know what'll happen. 
Yeah, but you got you got to do it though. You know, you got to deal with stuff. It's kind of like having a if you got a tumor, a cancerous tumor inside your body, you can walk around for a certain amount of time and pretend it's not there, yeah. because it's going to be painful to have that thing cut out. But it has to come out, or it's going to grow, it's going to metastasize, it's going to get worse. And within relationships, within marriage specifically, when there are these un undealt with issues, they're kind of like a tumor that it has to be surgically removed. It has to be dealt with, identified taken out and that can be a painful process it can be a messy process but Mm -hmm. you got to do it and i think i think for men just to challenge the guys for a second again not to be stereotypical but women tend to do a better job of being able to lean in and and have real discussions they want that resolution yeah they want the resolution Mm -hmm. and guys we tend to be better i guess is probably it may be the wrong word but better at ignoring stuff you know just (laughs) pretending that it's not there and even i think about even in our like male friendships we can keep stuff on the surface. Like I'll go hang out with my friends and, and like, Hey, I had, had lunch with Bob and sweetie's like, well, how are, you know, how are his kids? Is, is his kids still struggling? I'm like, Bob has kids. Yeah. And like, Seriously. like the struggle part. Right, Bob right. actually like, has kids. He has like, children. What? She's like, what are you guys talking? You didn't talk about family. How's his wife? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't ask him that stuff. Like, and what are it's you four talking? and a half hours. Right. Yeah. I know. Right. Like we were just, we were just talking about football. I don't know. No, it is so, but so we've true. We've got to lean in a little bit more in yes. all of our relationships, but especially in marriage, to get to the root of what's going on and to not be content with just living on the surface. Ashley, uh, emotions in marriage. Huh. Are there emotions in marriage? <laughs> um, but they, they aren't reliable. Right. I mean, love cannot be built simply as an emotion. It's right. a commitment. It's a decision that you make all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, discuss that idea that if we're trying to live just on the emotional side of love, when that tank is dry, you may end up doing or saying things that are not helpful to the relationship. So you have to move it out of the emotional area and make it a decision. Right. Man, this is so true. And we've experienced that in our own marriage where we've gone through like dry spells where you're just maybe you're not feeling all gushy about each other because life is hard. You know, for us, it's been transitions like moving and not really feeling part of the community and then kind of taking it out on each other, but not necessarily yelling at each other, which I'm, I'm sure that that happens too, but just kind of not being as kind to each other, just in our countenance, in our tone and things like that. You know, I'm reminded just by you asking that question about emotions years ago, I was going on a girl's trip with two dear friends of mine and in the car, our friend who'd been married for 10 years says, I've decided to leave my husband. And we're all like, what? Like, yeah, not, wow. I mean, it, it dropped a bomb. Yeah. And we were like, what is going on? Oh my gosh. I didn't know things were bad. She goes, no, things are fine. There's not been any infidelity. He's pretty good to me, actually. She's like, I just, I just don't have those feelings anymore. And I need to have those feelings. And um, so my friend who was also traveling with us, we both really were kind of praying in the spirit, you know, just like, Lord, give us the words. And we did. We just kind of asked her some questions about, well, do you think that maybe you could go for this amount of time and see a counselor? Have you read this book? You know, just different things that have helped us through our marriages. And we really shared our testimony about going through hard times. And let me tell you, by the end of that trip, I saw God do the miraculous in my friend. And it was like she stopped really depending on her emotions to guide her marriage. And she was like, you know what? I, I'm letting my emotions drive this, this marriage, and I do want to feel those feelings, but she said, I'm going to focus on the commitment, and I'm going to go home, and we're going to get help. And I'm here to tell you, they did the hard work, and they ended up you know, getting through that hard time. They ended up having another child, and today they're still married, and they're in love more than ever. But it goes back to not letting emotions be that 
kind of that gauge to judge your marriage, so to speak, because yes, we need to look at our emotions. I mean, there's something to look at and to say like, why am I feeling this way? But we can't let that be our compass. You know, God is our compass. God is our foundation. And we have to really follow our commitments. And we hope our, our commitments are built on the foundation of Christ and knowing that he can get us through anything. Right. And it's so good. And some people might be saying, yeah, you know, I'm committed, but it's so dry. That's where the work we're talking about comes in. Just put work into it. Yes. And it does require some of that. And and your marriage will be in a better place. Mm -hmm. Believe me, we are up on all the statistics. We're reading all the social science coming out. I think Brad Wilcox, Dr. Brad Wilcox out of the University of Virginia, has a, a relatively new book out. It's just called Get Married Mm -hmm. because all the data is you will be happier, more joyful. Life will be better for you if you're in a loving marriage. Mm -hmm. And it's unassailable. This is it. This is like 50-year research that Mm -hmm. they're looking at. So Societies will be better. I mean, like communities will be better. Families will be better. How about that? God's plan at work. It really works. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. Duh. Yeah. But uh, there we are. Dave, I understand you have a friend named Josh who's been a good encourager for you. You were training for a marathon. How did he man up with you to say, come on, dude? Yeah. Well, you got to have have friends in your life that push you. Like Ashley did with with her friend in that moment of, of... real turning point of like this marriage could end or it could move forward. And the voices that you allow to speak into your life when you're coming to a crossroads are so important. Uh, So if you're right now listening and maybe your marriage is in a hard place or whatever, make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who love you, love your spouse, are going to speak truth. And we all need friends who will push us in other areas as well. And and so the the one time I finished a marathon, I I tried once on my own. I didn't finish because I hadn't trained right. And so there's this Marine friend in our church named Josh, who is like his blood type is testosterone. He's just this manly <laughs> dude and had run marathons, but is also still like really muscly. I'm like, how do you run distance with that much muscle? It doesn't make sense, but he, he does it. And I'm like, Hey, could I run with you? Would you show me how to, how to train to do a marathon? And he's like, yeah, we start tomorrow, 6 a.m. You know, I'm like, whoa, hang on. No donuts. Yeah. Like, no donuts. Like, wait, yeah. 6 a.m.? I'm a pastor. I'm not Amish. You I don't want to get up. You expand your definition of friends. Right, right. Yeah. I know. And he's like, no, we start tomorrow. So so we get out there, and like, and I'm like, he's like, all right, today, seven miles. So I'm like, wait a second. Am I going to, like, ride a bike for this? Or yeah. am I going to drive for five of it or what? No, seven miles. And he had this whole plan. And I'm running with him, and... You know, I'm running faster than I would have. He's pushing me. I want to quit constantly. It was terrible. And, you know, when I would try to quit, he would just keep pushing me. Tease me when I needed teasing, encourage me when I needed encouragement. One day my knee was really hurting. And I was like, hey, man, does your knee ever hurt when you're running? He's like, all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what do you do? All six of them. Yeah, what what do you do when it's hurting? What's the trick for that? He goes, I'll tell you exactly what to do. He said, open up a can of man and keep moving. <laughs> a can of man. And I started laughing so hard thinking about can of man that I forgot that I was hurting, right? And so, like, so then every time I'm like hurting, I keep thinking, open a can of man, you know, push through. And, and now I've like used that in our family when our kids are going through something hard. Hey, open a can of man. But having a friend to push you and encourage you and run the race with you, because he was right there with me. You know, he was hurting too. He was right there with me. It makes a big difference. And I think all of us are called to have friends like that and be friends like that and be that kind of friend even to your spouse because your spouse should be your closest friend. And the race you're running with them is the most important one. You know what's interesting with that, as you say it, there, this is where the church, I think, has a disconnect with men because we're, as a church community, we're kind of soft on each other in discipline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're a little harder on the world expecting them to act like the church 
were pretty soft on the church acting like the church. I actually think if men stood up and were men, open a can of man Mm -hmm. in the church context, one-on-one, forget the, the, not with women, but one-on-one with each other, we would have a far stronger spiritual church. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. We need to do that. Get me out there. I'll open at five thirty tomorrow morning. I'll open a can of man with you anytime. Yeah, that's good. Let's close with advice uh, for couples, husbands and wives, who are maybe uh, not clued into friendship building with your your spouse. And this is such a big one. I mean, your best friend should be your spouse. It, that's the person who knows you the most intimately, and also hopefully loves you the most. So how do you how do you build that friendship between each other? Man, I love that question because I truly believe the best marriages are built on a close friendship, you know, a best friendship. And uh, I would say, and this is something I was challenged in kind of early in our marriage, is really be willing to enter into their world that is different from your world. And for us, I remember in the early years, I was just like, I didn't grow up in a sports family. Like I grew up as a dancer, really an artsy family, but not a sports family. And um, and I would just always in my mind and today be like. That's just not me. And I, but I saw how much it meant to you. And I remember one time you, you pretty much like begged me, like, please just come to a pro football game with me. Please just come. <laughs> yeah. And somebody had good tickets. You like okay? it. Yeah. Good tickets. Good help. tickets yeah. do help. A so shopping we, spree also helps. Yes, it does. It does. So like we go, it happened to be in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Oh, we were I living, we were living over there. I know. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I didn't even so care. The, so the tickets were cheap. I didn't yeah, care. Right. I did not Big care shopping spree. how good the team was or anything at the time. I don't even remember. But I was like, I'm going to do this just to see why he loves this so much. Well, I go there, and it just so happened, you all, they had the best game of their life at that oh, time. Wow. And there was they won by a kick or a something. A 50-yard field goal. So it was exciting. Time going out. And Ashley looked at me at the end, cheering. She goes, I, I get, get it. it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, and I was like, when are we going to the next game? So then I've been to a Yankees game. I've been to um, a Red Sox game. So I'm, And now I want to go to well, with, and, with you because I see it. pulls like into know? her world. You know, I've, I've gone to – theater with her yes, when it wasn't I my thing like that. you know and all of a sudden i'm like like hey this is pretty good right i watch shows with her that i would never watch never. on my own you know i just need to ask so was it as exciting going to the theater no we saw aida it's not on broadway anymore you had tears in your eyes it touched my heart it, it touched had, your heart yeah, a different yeah. kind it's of a different excitement. kind of thing but i'll watch stuff with her that i had no interest yeah. in just to be with her like she'll be watching oh, these good. wedding shows and i'm like we already got married why are we watching this you know and she's she's into and they're like you know or why are these girls raiding each other's weddings this seems lame but but then weddings, after yeah. a few episodes in, I'm like, oh, that venue's not going to work. And, the, you know, that, that catering <laughs> that needs to change. Funny. And that, that dress is so last season, you know. Like, <laughs> but you're just leaning into oh, each gosh. other's world. And the more you can share, the better your friendship's going to grow. What does your can of man friend think of that <laughs> I have wedding Josh show? Have you disclosed this I, to I him? Have, uh, I've, I've had ca- cashed in a few man points. Josh, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'll do push-ups. I'll, did, I'll punish didn't myself more. know about that. You're in trouble, man. <laughs> anyway, Dave and Ashley, this has been so fun. And, yes. you know, it's great to see how you guys interact. And you're, you know, proof is in the pudding. We're sitting here with you. You can tell you love each other. And it's fun. And that's the way it should be. And thanks for modeling it. And thanks for not only the book, The Naked Marriage, uh, but your blog and how you communicate. We're thankful you're going to be doing our chapel here at Focus on the Family for the staff. So that is wonderful as well. We appreciate that. And uh, man, if you are in that place, this isn't, as John said earlier, 
you know, if you're looking at divorce, we have resources for that, like Hope Restored and some other things. But if it's just clunking along and maybe some of the things we've talked about today, that emotion, that lack of friendship, direction, commitment, you know, it just doesn't seem 100%, get in touch with us. That's what we're here for. It can be so much better. We have this great resource, The Naked Marriage, Undressing the Truth About Sex, Intimacy, and Lifelong Love. And you can get that directly through Focus on the Family Canada. And when you do, all the proceeds go right back into helping families across Canada. Yeah, donate today, request that book, and uh, find a variety of other resources to help strengthen your marriage. Our phone number is 800, the letter A in the word family. And we've got all the details at focusonthefamily.ca. Also, we're going to link over to our free marriage assessment. Over a million people have taken this. It's a terrific little resource, maybe five or ten minutes of your time, and it'll lead to hours of conversation uh, that you and your spouse can have because it'll point out things that are going well, and it will shine a light on some things that you might want to talk about and grow in. Dave and Ashley, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks for having us. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.